now. It's the Columbia Check-In with Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evett on the Liz Callaway Show with Nick Summers on Talk 94.5. That's right. And joining us right now is the Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evett. Good morning. Good morning. How are Nick, you? Nick, are you okay over there? I mean, <laughs> no, he was, no, he was no. gasping for air when he answered the phone. I'm a little worried, Liz. You're just keep an fire. eye on him. He's on fire. I don't know what to do with him. I, 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 listen, I like hot peppers, but this was way hotter than I expected. He, and he just told me he's taking off Monday and Tuesday. I, yeah, this should forgot. not be allowed. No, you forgot. It's my anniversary. I don't care whose anniversary it is. Really? Yes. Oh. I don't think he should be allowed to take off. What do you think? I, I'm not. You, you know, Liz, I, did I did I not sit in for you about a month ago? Yeah. Nick? Why don't Why don't you come on in? Are you I, available Monday or Tuesday? <laughs> I'm going to look at my calendar because I really did enjoy coming in. Although I don't know how to run all that equipment that he does. So Liz, that should be a big, <laughs> I'm a big proponent of check people's resumes before you ask them to do a job. <laughs> Uh, that's okay. You can, you can sit with me and, and uh, actually Glenn Dye Radio will probably be here, right, Nikki? Uh, yes, he is. He yeah. will be, uh, yeah. Yeah. He'll be the non-pepper eating version of me. <laughs> non-pepper eating version. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to look at my schedule. If I can be there on Monday, I will be there. I'll, I might. I'll, it'll be a last-minute thing, but I'll let you know. Okay, let me know for sure. Absolutely, I will. So, Any reason to get down there. <laughs> listen, yeah, exactly. I don't blame you. But um, hey, I was. Um, I actually went with the Myrtle Beach Regional Economic Development Corporation. A little bus trip. Uh, visited some of the. Uh, industry in this area. I think I went to six different places. Uh, you know, a lot of things uh, th- going on that people don't realize, the manufacturing going on right here in our backyard, literally. And then you have the Ori Georgetown Technical College partnering with these businesses to help them grow, help them um, help create an educated workforce to attract more business. It all goes hand in hand. Is that going on all over the state? It really is. You know, I, you you know me, Liz. I sing the praises of our technical colleges, and Dr. Four is a rock star, and everybody in Horry County, the Georgetown, Horry County area is so blessed to have Horry Georgetown Tech and her. So I wasn't on last week because I was in Germany, uh, and what you did is kind of what I did in Germany. Uh, did a deep dive into their educational system, visited American companies that are based there um, to see how we could further partner uh, mm-hmm. here in South Carolina. And kind of took a look at their um, kind of their political system, which is super confusing. Like if you think that people are get confused by our political system, dear Lord, you'd have to put a whiteboard out to talk about it all the time. But I was hoping, Liz, that when I went through their technical colleges, because that's what we hear all the time, German technical colleges, German technical colleges, I think our technical colleges are more advanced than theirs. Really? And I, w- I came away mm-hmm. from that experience. Now, they have great technical schools, but do you know you can't get into a German technical school unless you're hired by a company that will send you? Yeah, I was I was talking about this. Um, I knew someone from Sweden that follows the same protocol. And uh, they go from high school, and they have to be hired by the company, and the company has their own schools. So, so it's not so much their own school, if you think about it, because it took me a minute, because, you know, there's a bit of a language barrier, and so you're, you're trying to figure them out. So I finally went to the second technical school, said, how much does this education cost the student? 
And they said, well, it costs the student nothing. Mm-hmm. I said, so the government pays? And they're like, no, the employer does. And that's when, it, that's when it all tied together, right? That aha moment. So you go to school, you go to work. Go to, like, so you do your book work, your technical work, and you work for the company. And the company pays for your education. So, you know, your son or daughter, my son or daughter couldn't just say, hey, I want to go into mechatronics. I'm going to go apply and then I'll get a job. Mm-hmm. Um, nope. The, the, your route to a technical school comes in, in the technical colleges in Germany. What they did is in, the, the employers came together years ago and said, I don't want to train my workers anymore on the job. It's not efficient. So they created the technical college system so that the training, per se, that basic training happens at the technical school. So mm-hmm. really, it's about a whole bunch of businesses that come together to train people. And the, you know, the, well, the students that are there wear actually, shirts from where they work. I understand that point because they make a lot of mistakes. It could be dangerous. It takes a lot of time to train people. It's a major investment, and it could not pay off. Um, and you know, they have to redo everything that's done wrong. So it is, mm-hmm. it, 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 it disrupts the flow. It takes uh, the attention away of people who need to train these people now. So I get that. I get that. Um, did you see that as not good or did you see that as something that we should look into? No, I, I think, I think that concept is really good. I was just shocked that there wasn't more, there wasn't a, a wider entry point to uh-huh. get to their technical mm-hmm. schools because what I did learn is that their three biggest issues in Germany are the same as ours. Energy, workforce, um, two big ones, and immigration. Hmm. You know, Germany um, is getting flooded. You know, over the years, you know, Turkish immigrants have flooded Germany. Now Ukraine immigrants are flooding into Germany. Um, and so they are really experiencing all the same problems we are. But do, and, are they what, more, are they higher skilled? <laughs> because that could make a difference. Not really. And, and one thing I thought that we should really look at, that um, we should learn from their mistakes, is when the first wave of immigrants hit Germany, Germany, what I learned by constitution, is a refugee country. Like if you come to Germany and you seek asylum, they automatically give it to you. And your, they, by constitution, have to give you all their social benefits. So it's no surprise mm. that everybody makes their way to Germany, right? Yeah. Um, but they weren't, for the longest time, rooted in their constitution. It would be a German to be able to work. And so what ended up happening is they have three generations, you know, they're going the third generations of Turks that do not speak German. Hmm. And because of that, even though they're highly skilled, it limits where they can work because in Germany, that is their language. They're not hiring a bunch of interpreters to figure out a whole bunch of different languages mm-hmm. to be able to communicate yeah. with people within their company. Mm-hmm. And so what they're finding is what they didn't do is really kind of put their foot down and say, if you're in Germany, you must learn our language to be a productive member of society. Um, and they're feeling the effects of that now. Yeah. So doing a lot with immigrants that are coming over to get them speaking German. So, cause they have a labor shortage problem, just like we do. They have mm-hmm. a skill problem, just yeah. like we do. 
So it's, we're, you know, when, when we always think like this is just something America's facing, and, and we talk about it within our country, right? North Carolina has the same problem South Carolina does. The world is facing this problem in free societies, right? Where, you know, <laughs> you know China's, I, I was just listening to a report on our math skills dropping yeah. way low, right? It's because terrible. We're not we're not rooting it in, and so they're kind of feeling uh, the same effects that we are, right? Now let's not kid ourselves. You know, I would never want to be in China. They're not feeling these effects, right? Because mm-hmm. they are demanding. Um, well, well, what is, a, a go- what is going? I really wish we could figure out this education piece. It seems to be that we we as a country have been declining with our uh, educational scores? I mean, is it the family makeup? Is it schools have gone woke? I mean, I don't understand what's happening. I don't, I just remember going to school, learning this subject, that subject, getting grades, moving on. (laughs) Like, I don't understand why are the brains not retaining the information? Are they not being taught? I, I don't understand what's happening. People blame it on parentless homes or fatherless homes and poverty and food insecurity. I mean, they're coming up with every excuse in the book as to why children are not learning information, why they're not college ready, why do we not have skilled workers? I it, None of it makes sense to me, so... I don't think there's a silver bullet, Liz. There never is. There's never, like, one reason why something is happening, right? I think there's probably a lot of things. First of all, school choice would fix a lot of those issues, right? Because parents would be looking at outcomes from schools instead of this is just my neighborhood school, this is where I have to go. If you gave parents true choice, they can look at what is what yeah, is happening. I don't, I don't understand why that became a problem because we didn't have school choice, you know, well, we went to school and 99% went off to secondary school. It was never an issue before. I don't... What's the difference between now and then? Schools are getting involved in a lot of other things now, too, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I think it's not... We need to get back to reading, writing, and arithmetic. (laughs) Isn't that, like, the three? Yeah. Let's root in the basics, right? I think for years, we have tried to find new ways to teach. Maybe that was that. Maybe we should have just stuck with tried and true. I think we, we have to understand. I get a lot of parents that ask me, like, Lieutenant Governor, why why are we not doing home ec? These kids have no skills like that. Why aren't we doing shop skills? Kids have no skills like that. And it's like, because we have to teach so many other things. Like, how long can we keep kids in school on any given day, right? We weren't teaching computers. We weren't teaching STEM. We weren't teaching keyboarding. All these things that create the worker of the future. Um, and so if we, if we add back in those basic skills, you know, that we were teaching in school, uh, like shop and home ec. I mean, we would keep kids in school literally um, until dinner time. And so I think you're right. I think it's, it's a little bit of everything. I think parent involvement becomes a big deal. There were two teachers interviewed on Fox this morning uh, that were kind of going over the debate last night, and they were both teachers. Both of them said similar things, is that it's, they, we, we need parents more involved and we need to get school districts out of the way from stopping parents being involved, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Moms coming in the classroom and helping teachers, whether it's giving them a 10-minute break to go to the bathroom and get something to drink or to, like, take kids out. I can remember doing that with my older kids, you know, 
going in and being the reading mom. Like if mm-hmm. you had some yeah. kids that needed a little more help, you kind of the mom sat there. I mean, now I, I couldn't teach calculus anymore, but I'm pretty good at first grade reading level, right? Like, yeah, of course. Hand yeah. me a kid in a, in a blue book, and I can help well, them go over words. I remember when my my son was going through. He's 28 now. When he was going through elementary school. I was involved, and we can go in, sign in, be the class mom. Then all the school shootings were, you know, getting worse and blah, blah, blah. And then they threw out the moms. <laughs> I yeah. was like, why are you doing that? Um, you know, it didn't make any sense to me. And I feel like sometimes they take these opportunities to eliminate parents from the equation because it's just easier. You know, it's when they don't have to deal with the helicopter parent or the, the, you know, the mom or the dad that wants to be involved and ask questions. You know, this is the easy way to do it. Just blame it on gun control or safety and eliminate the parents. And Liz, I don't know. I I, I was never a parent. I'm all about keeping it. I get what you're saying. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. When all these safety issues started happening, parents were the first people they cut. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know one parent that isn't all about doing a background check. Like, put me in the classroom. Absolutely. I'm not afraid. Do a background check yeah. on me. I want you to because I want the next person that I don't know walking into my kid's classroom. I want to know that they're okay too. Yes. Um, That's right. There's ways to get around that. You don't just have to like cut parents off. And and I think if you talk to 90% of the teachers, mm-hmm. you know. They 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 enjoy parents in the classroom. What they don't enjoy is the parent who is consistently yelling at them, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think that got to be it, too. Like, when I was younger, what the teacher said was kind of law. Um, and my parents never thought that a teacher was out to get me, right, or my mm-hmm. brother. So mm-hmm. if, if she wrote home a note that you did something wrong, they didn't think it was a personal issue. That's right. Yeah. So, you know parents, I think most parents, you know, we always change things for the outliers, like the parents who really attack teachers and are always yelling at teachers and their child is never wrong. Cause I'm a mom and I can tell you, I know exactly when my kids are wrong and we may not like to say it, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I just think we have to all work together. If we want to make, if we want to make some real differences, we have to stop looking at each other like they're the enemy. And like all come together to have some r- serious right. conversation. Now you're sounding like Vivek Ramaswamy. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I'm just teasing no, you. I'm only like teasing you. <laughs> yeah. but, but, but he but was on it? stage uh, talking like that yesterday, and I wanted to get your take on the debate, the Republican debate. Um, did you feel like anybody rose to a solid, distant second, or made a move in the ranks, or did anyone impress you? Maybe he doesn't have a shot in, you know, uh, at all. But, I mean, did anybody stand out to you? Um, you know, I don't like when everybody's yelling over each other. Mm. Like, to me, very distracting. Like, I can't hear what anybody's saying. I'm trying to follow too much. I'll tell you, on Monday I was with President Trump. Um, his resolve is still solid. Obviously, he is still um, who I support. Uh, I think he comes in with already boots on the ground experience. I'm a big, uh, I'm a big fan of looking at people's resumes, right? So, like, if you put laid all those resumes down on a table and you wiped off the name mm-hmm. and you took a look, that's it's what I, that's what I did when I hired people in my company. I think so. I was so successful, right? I looked at their qualifications and then secondarily looked would they fit into our culture. Um, and and I still think 
I still think President Trump is the yeah. guy. He's got the best resume for the job. And it's a tough job, right? You know, I mean, he's, we're in, we're in such a tailspin. Um, but, you know, I think, except for Chris Christie, all of them had some good points. Yeah, like I said the same I just, thing. I agree with you. I, I, I just think it's horrible that he sits up there and calls names <laughs> like a three-year-old child, right? Yeah. Like, like, like really, Chris, like you're an adult, you were a governor. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're on, you're on the national stage. I mean, you can't come up. I just think swearing, calling names, it's just something we should leave the little kids on the playground that don't have the education to articulate something better. Well, I mean, so, I I get what you're saying. And, and the point is, is that he had nothing of substance to say behind no. it. And that that is his only goal was, you know, to, to do that to Trump. But I was impressed by the North Dakota governor, uh, Burgum. I mean, he had a lot of good things to say that I could actually you know, chew on, you know, uh, the other, the other people I didn't really get much from, um, Tim Scott, I thought had some shining moments, uh, but you know, Pence was the kind of, you know, eh. I, I no, Pence just... was taking credit for a lot of things that Trump did just cause he was in the room. <laughs> he was in the room. Well, well yeah. you know, I, I, with, with Tim, I think Tim is a good guy. I think Tim is not, um, you know, I think what hurt him in this debate is what hurt him in the first debate is that he's more of a statesman, right? Mm-hmm. He's not going to, he did engage a little bit more. But you it, know, wasn't, it wasn't a good look for him at all. No, because it's, because I think you have to be authentic. Mm-hmm. I think people are just craving. So, and that's why I think people have always kind of gone to Trump. Like you may not like everything he says, but at least, you know, he's telling you what he believes. Mm-hmm. He's not just telling you something he thinks is going to win your vote or is going to, that he's going to have to disappoint you on later. So um, I just think everybody ever running for a position, just be authentically who you are. Um, And that goes a long way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you said, there's a good, you know, there are good people up there, you know, saying some interesting things, but Trump still was the winner of the debate. And um, would you like to see him in the next debate or are you fine watching, you know, these, this B list duking it out? I mean, at this point, I don't even see what the purpose is of this anymore. Well, well, it's the weirdest thing. Aren't we in a really weird political climate right now? It's so bizarre. I, I think we really are. I mean, I know what President Trump stands for. I think we all know what he stands mm-hmm. for. W- what would have happened? Imagine putting you know, President Trump in the middle of that stage. <laughs> it gosh. would be an Talk hour name calling. <laughs> of everybody calling him names because the mm-hmm. whole goal would be to make him blow his top, which he's not God. He's just a guy. He's a New York developer. Mm-hmm. And eventually the whole goal will be get him to blow his top so right. that the world could, oh, look at, you know. So I, I see no upside for the president. I know what he believes in. He believes in closed borders. He believes in making us energy independent. Mm-hmm. He believes in stopping China. He believes in, in educating our kids. Like He has shown all this. He is routed in the root of law because he left us a Supreme Court that has done so many good things, right? Yeah. That were constitutionalists who mm-hmm. are not party people. That's what he's about. You and, know, and we, we don't have to hear it. We see it. Someone said on the air yesterday, and I don't even know who it was, but um, it really resonated with me. 
and it's how I feel. And it kind of summed it up. He, she, I think it was a, she, she said, Trump has walked through fire for us and I will walk through fire for him. And that's how it feels to be a Trump supporter. And someone, I think it was Chris Christie on stage uh, last night said that it is Trump's fault that we have families broken up that, you know, that families say that they're for Trump and the, uh, you know, member and then another member won't talk to them anymore because they're very liberal. And that is not Trump's fault. And yet Chris Christie was trying to say that he is not only dividing the country, he's dividing families. And I was like, no, it's people like you. It's people like you. It's people like the media. They're the ones creating this divide. And it's really, um, you know, they they love to blame, you know, orange man bad. It's still happening. The derangement is still going on. I don't know how to reverse that. That is the one thing. I don't know how ever how that ever could be fixed. Well, you know, Liz, I, I tell I, I try to break things down to non politically charged things. Right? L- l- take a look at smoking. Right? I may not like smoking, but I don't hate smokers. Mm-hmm. And I think anything that is politically charged, people want to say like, if you don't agree with me a hundred percent, then henceforth you're my enemy. Right? right? Then we don't agree on anything. And, and I think the Democrat Party has done a lot to do that, right? Like, when you look at really charged issues, like, if you don't agree that babies should be aborted, mm-hmm. then you can't be my friend because then you hate women and you hate the... Yeah. They have sprinkled that seed into the minds of Americans forever, a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, mm-hmm. with every charged issue. Like, why is it okay, like, like in my example... If I don't like smoking and I say, well, I don't like smoking, does any smoker out there think I hate smokers mm-hmm. or that I just hate smoking? Right. That's how we should look at everything, right? Like, just because I don't agree with you on your political topics doesn't mean you're you're not my cousin, my niece, my <laughs> my whatever, my yeah, brother. Right. I mean, I, you know, it's like, it it is okay. And we've gotten to the point where healthy debate is out the window yeah. and, it, and it's a little bit everybody's fault, right? Cause mm-hmm. if you try to have a civilized conversation and somebody like makes a good point that you have to think about mm-hmm. that all of a sudden makes you not a true hardcore Republican. It's like, no, that's what made us better as a nation yeah, because I agree we with that. listen to everybody and maybe I only saw it from this because this is all I knew, but maybe you knew something more, Liz. Mm-hmm. And I think over yeah. the years we've done that to each other. Mm-hmm. Like, well, Liz, that's a good point. Like, I didn't know that fact. Mm-hmm. I didn't think of it that way. Right. That may reshape how I think. That's why we're so polarized because nobody's willing to do that yeah. anymore. And and you get and you re- honestly or you get ridiculed, it, or for you doing get that. more information, which helps you make a better opinion on something. When you have new information, you know, you're like, oh, well, I didn't realize that's why that happened. And then oh. you, you have a new perspective. So, but. Oh, really? Does that mean we're allowed to change our minds? Yes. What you flip flopper you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so, and, and that, that's the other thing yeah. we have to get over. You yeah. only know when, when it came to everything, you only make a decision on what you know at that moment in time. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. We've all been there. Now, a month later, a week later, mm-hmm. 10 hours later, 
some new information comes up that could make totally change your, yeah. your perspective. Mm-hmm. We we are now as as a society afraid to say right. Like, oh my gosh, I I can't. Instead of just saying, I found this out. This totally changed. Yeah, I my agree. perspective. We have to be more open to letting people change their minds because they've learned new information. Well, that's the point of debating is to be persuasive. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evett. We appreciate your time and we'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. Take care and I'll be in touch, Liz. All right. Let me know. Let me know. You got my digits. Bye, guys. Bye. 